Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Elliot asked me to talk about joy and happiness. Uh, I... I I had, no, I had no idea how long Kerry Pierce spoke for today. It must have been a long time. I looked at my watch and it was like about, you know, 10.45 or something. I thought, man. But I just sat there and just listened to every little bit. I thinking that was so good. If you weren't here this morning, get, kind of get the podcast. But he showed some videos as well. Um, Jess, you did an awesome job down the back there, by the way. And sorry about mucking around with a little slideshow as well. It was a bit hard, but, you know, we got away. Um, but um, he was just so good. It actually, the compassion bit demonstrated to me that, that not only was he talking about compassion, but actually he, he just demonstrated compassion with the way he went about doing what he was doing. Um, uh, but he ended up with a, with a Bible verse that I thought was just a great way to start. You know, it's, it's kind of great to, to pick up today where he left off. Now, I've got nothing on the screen, all right? So it says young adults. It's going to say young adults all the time. And that way, Tom, where are you, mate? Is he? You can you can you can knock off if you like, and probably who else is there? Blake, Blake? you can knock off too, mate, because I won't I won't do anything stupid. All right, so you come come down to joy. Is that all right to do that? I've just dismissed all the ministries team. So as I said once before, they'll probably only get me to do this gig once, and then they'll sack me. So I might as well have some fun along the way. If if I can work out how to turn my tablet on, because I've turned it around and I can't find the on off button. There we go. I couldn't find the microphone button this morning. I'm having a bad week. All right, no, having a good week. Actually, that's a good point. Having a good—you asked the question before, Elliot. How, you know, how's your week been, Nick? Nick, I just want to thank you, mate. Nick asked me that same question this morning, and little tears just welled up in my eyes because I actually had a pretty, pretty lousy week. And I just want to thank you because I know it was a sincere question. You weren't just making conversation, and I really appreciate that. Um, for me, that was just a, a point of something broke in me this morning from that conversation. And Shishi and I had a. Sorry, there's no, there's no issue with Gigi and I. We're all fine, by the way. Um, but it was just allowed me to just share some things with Gigi that were in my heart about something that was happening to me at work, and it, it was catalyzed by that conversation. So I just want to thank you for that. Um, no, Gigi's not here because there's a problem in our marriage or anything like that. Um, she's here because she's uh, currently uh, rehearsing for a performance that she's going to give. Um, uh, actually, it's, it's worth it. She'll probably tell the story herself one day, but I'll get it in first. Um, she she sings and kind of dances sort of um, in um, uh, in this theatre called the Tivoli, and uh, this is the Christmas show. Now she's been hanging out for the Christmas show, like the you know the country and western stuff, like yeah yeah come on, um, and and the, the Las Vegas one yeah yeah. But the, for her, Gigi's a Christmas tragic. All right, she just loves Christmas. And they said, would you like to sing a song? Uh, would you like to sing a song? Would you like to sing it a cappella? That means like with no music, I think, uh, and that may, and by yourself as a solo. And which song is she going to sing? They've asked her to sing "Amazing Grace." She she said, "Yeah, maybe." No, no. She oh wow. So she gets to sing four verses of "Amazing Grace" a cappella uh, to a to a heathen audience in a heathen theatre production. Like, how good is that? Yeah. So she, that's what she's doing tonight. Um, Kerry Pierce uh, ended up his message with talking about Jesus being handed the scroll and he read from the book of the prophet Isaiah recorded in Isaiah chapter 61 it's not up on the screen so you can listen to me I will read it faithfully the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. by the way I speak fast when I'm getting excited if I speak too fast just yell out uh, to proclaim 
proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion and to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning. So that's how he ended up, is the oil of joy. What the heck is the oil of joy? I reckon I can understand what a crown is. The oil of joy instead of mourning. What is joy? So Elliot said, hey, let's talk about joy. Well, this morning I mentioned, and Gigi was with me as well, we talked a little bit about what we did in Indonesia. Um, and Gigi and I have been going up to Indonesia now for about 13 years, doing different kinds of ministry things um, related to the church that we were associated with for a while. And one of those ministry things, i got no idea what time I'm supposed to stop. I'm, I'm not going to stop yet, but um, I didn't look at the time when I started. Just give me some idea of... A minute and a half? Minute and a half? <laughs> I've gone for a minute and a half? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Okay, I got, no, I didn't look at the clock. So, um, yeah, wave when it's five minutes to go. All right, that's good. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, Indonesia. So, yeah, we've been going to Jakarta to this rubbish tip, and that's been fantastic, and we've been walking with this guy, Yusuf, uh, since before when he was at the Bible school. But we also spent some time in a place called Sanua, which is on the island of Bali, kind of out of Denpasar. It's away from the, the uh, kind of, you know, all the clubs and stuff and we, we worked with an orphanage there and I remember one time I went up there myself I had a kind of some management meetings to do with the orphanage that we were dealing with some financial arrangements wanted to make sure some governance things were in place and I went up there and had this amazing meeting and I finished the meeting at about uh, seven or eight at night and I walked home from there and it was bucketing down with rain as sometimes it can in Indonesia and as I walked I just, it was like I was, you know, you ever seen those cartoons where somebody goes, like, you know, it was like, I, I felt light. I, I, I was totally unaware of the rain. Something was just vibrating in me with, of enthusiasm and hope and opportunity for what God was going to do in that particular place. And uh, I, I kind of literally leapt and floated back to the hotel. And I was asking myself the question recently, was that joy? Was, was that joy was, was what was happening in my life? Because as I think about it, there was a physical element to it. There was, you know, I, I felt something. I, I, it was an emotional element. You know, our church could make a different in the li- difference in the lives of these people. I felt physical. I felt vital. I felt alive. But there's also a spiritual element that I felt that God was doing something in that place that was important and an important connection for his plan. So the question is for you is, was that joy? All right, so here's, you should know me by now that I'm not going to do things the same as you'd normally do. So I want you to break up into little groups of two or three and spend two or three minutes asking yourself a couple of questions. Do you think that was joy? And if, if you do or don't, are there any questions further that you might like to ask to clarify whether it was, whether it was joy or not? Because if, if we're going to try and find out what joy is, well, what does it look like? Was, was that joy? Yeah, my heart was thumping. I felt light. I felt alive. I felt God was in it. I felt my emotions were alive, and it was just amazing. I'd love to go back there again right tomorrow. Okay, little groups, three people. Spend about two or three minutes. Was that joy?
Quinn, grab, grab jump in with somebody, mate. Quick, don't, don't, don't be left alone. Yep. Good to see you, buddy. Dan, coming down, mate. Oh, you okay? Hey, Dan, could I have some water? Thanks, mate. All right, Dan. Sorry. Okay, one minute to go. Was that joy? Okay, time up. Bing, 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 bing. All right, time. I'm gonna, should I pick on some people? Um, yeah, Beck. Beck with a K. <laughs> so I call her Beck with a K because I, I sent an email to her saying Beck with a C and I apologised. Okay, Beck with a K, you don't have a microphone, but just big, loud voice. What do you reckon? Cool. There's some really good stuff there. I could just not do the sermon now. You've pretty well covered all the points. Well done. Brilliant. Um, okay, let's go over here. Uh, James, with you. Uh, you, you you're going to get some words later on. There's some stuff about not words, prophetic words. You, we'll read from James. So, yeah, just so you know. Um, tell us what you reckon, mate. You're just covering there just in case it's wrong. Yeah. A <laughs> fruit of the Spirit. So, I mean, I could be happy at that moment and not be sinful or bad. I just was happy. Lila? That's a very, very good question. Uh, I think it kind of... Hmm? You guys are awesome. I, I, we, should, we should just find somebody else to do the message because you guys are yeah that's a very very good so how long did it last was it lasting or was it a fleeting thing that when my emotions changed and I got to my hotel room and I had to text my my emails and whatever else that it's gone very good question I'm not going to give you the answer by the way I think I just want to get you thinking about that um if we went to the dictionary, we could find some things about joy, but we're not going to go to the dictionary. Um, Elliot and I, as we say, we're discussing this issue of joy versus happiness. And I know that if you go to a lot of self-help or if you go to Google, probably what you're going to find is a lot of stuff about happiness. That like this, I will have joy when I win lotto. Right? I reckon, Joe, do you remember that song, Joy is a Flag Flying High? In the yeah, we're not going to sing that tonight, right? It's just so you know. Um, I've, I will have joy when the Dockers win their first premiership. 
<laughs> yeah. You got, you got to have an eternal perspective for that one. <laughs> I'll have joy when my sailing team wins a premiership. Then I will have joy. I think not. That's just so wrong. You know, I think a lot of, a lot of the joy stuff that ties up with happiness that we get from some of the self-help stuff, even in gospel circles, we've got to be careful. Some of it comes out of a prosperity gospel. Now, hang on a minute. I believe in prosperity. I, I want to be prosperous and I want to be generous. All right? So I, I, I believe in that and I'm, I recognize that I'm a wealthy person and I can do stuff with that money because I've received so much from God. Um, but the purpose of my existence and the purpose of my salvation is not to be, gen- not, it's not to be, to be prosperous. Right? So that, that's what I mean, a prosperity gospel, gospel where the focus is on prosperity and therefore the focus is on my well-being and my happiness. And actually I don't see that in the gospel. I see that my purpose is actually to serve Christ and fulfill his purpose on the earth. Now money might be a part of how I do that, but that's not the end in itself. So sometimes we can get this mix up of, of what we're actually looking at here. So we're not, we recognize that sometimes the kingdom values are totally upside down from the world's values. So... Um, Elliot mentioned to me that maybe we can have a look at some of Paul's, the epistle, uh, the, the letters from Paul the Apostle. Uh, that might help us, and we can do that. And maybe, because we mentioned James, let's throw in something from James as well. So uh, if you want to, no, let's not turn with me yet. Because frankly, um, I don't want to be here if all we're going to do is look at definitions of joy and happiness. And I don't think you should be here either. Because this is a faith-filled church. And what we should be doing is saying, Father, tonight will you fill me with your joy? Father, tonight will you transform me by this oil of joy that somehow goes into every nook and cranny of my morning. Somehow that you see that there can be things that I can overcome because of joy. So that's what we want, yeah? So... God, fill me with your joy, fill me with your joy, fill me with your joy because I face difficulties at work, because I face difficulties at school, because I face difficulties at uni, because I'm in conflict in relationship. I need your joy and I need to be able to pour that out into other people just like Jesus promised. So I guess I'm asking you questions. What do you want, definitions or power? Do you want definitions or do you want this oil of joy for morning? All right, so let's, let's get rid of the definition stuff. But we're going to look at the word, not to understand the definitions, but to see how we can apply it to our lives. So we're going to look at four, three passages, if we have time. And each passage, I'm going to ask you four, four questions. Yeah, good on you, Rod. I'm going to ask you four questions. Uh, they're not up on the screen. So you just listen. The first question is, what's the context of the passage? So when you read from the word, don't just read the words, but try and understand what's the bigger picture that's going on. The second question is, what does the passage say about joy? The third one is, does the passage relate to me today? And the fourth one is, if so, how can I apply it? Which probably means that the answer to the third question was yes. Okay, let's have a look at the first one. If you've got your devices or whatever, uh, or your phones, can you turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2? If you don't, then you can listen along as I will do my best to faithfully read it out. I think I probably got the new international version. I'm not actually sure. I didn't write it here. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews is uh, kind of halfway through the New Testament. Therefore, it says, so the writer to the Hebrews, which probably is Paul, but we're not sure. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. 
fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Right, so there's a passage, and the, I guess the chunky bit in the middle there, verse 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. I think other translations might say the author and finisher of our faith, or words to that effect. The starter and the, the finisher of our faith. Who, for the joy that was set before him, did some things. He endured the cross. He scorned its shame, and then he sat down at the right hand of God. Okay, so the, the, the context for this passage, uh, and I'll, I'll just tell you about it rather than get you to look it up, if, is, of course, Hebrews 11, which is the, the kind of by faith chapter of the Bible. Some people call it the hall of faith. All these amazing people, all the amazing things that did people did, by Abraham, Isaac, by faith, by faith, and how God blessed them. And there's even a little bit at the end of that chapter that churches ever, never, ever read out because it's not good news. And it talks about people who, by faith, actually got chopped in two. By faith, they had people burned. By faith, disastrous things happened to them in the natural world. But it says that they were all looking forward to something. To, they were looking forward to something in Christ. So that was the context. Was all of those people who had gone before millions and millions and millions who had done things by faith in God, and now we're surrounded by this crowd of witnesses. So those people, this author is saying, are cheering on Tom. Those people were cheering on. Mickey, they're cheering you on. They're sort of cheering on one and a half for you. They're cheering you on, which is pretty cool. So that's the context. What is it saying about joy? Well, Jesus could see something. He could, he's on the cross. The shame, what the, what's the shame of the cross? Well, it was incredibly shameful to die on a cross because generally the body stayed up there for several days and it was a point of humiliation for the family who had to kind of be in there and there's their, their child or there's their son or their father or something on this cross. So Jesus despised the shame. Basically, emotionally, he turned his back on the shame because he could see something in the distance, which I think is amazing. Through the pain of the cross and through the shame it would bring his family and his followers, he turned his back on that. Because for him, that joy was something tangible, something realistic that he could see, this joy on the other side. It wasn't just a feeling. Yeah, I reckon that what I was experiencing that night was perhaps something of, was more like a feeling. Because there was something that Jesus could see that transformed his actions and made him push through. So the third question I said was, does this passage relate to you today? Okay, here's the question. Do you face hardships? If you don't, lucky you. You probably need to start breathing. <laughs> we all face hardships. So how do we respond to those hardships? With, a, with just a perspective on what's happening today? Or can we have an eternal perspective which drives our behavior and basically says, you know what, I'm almost going to emotionally turn my back on that 
distraction of those things because I can see something joyous ahead of me. Now, for Jesus, we don't actually know exactly what that joy was. Some people say it was the joy of millions of salvations would be coming to be in relationship with the Father. Some people say it was the joy that Jesus would be reunited with the Father and he would sit down just like it says in that part of the passage. There's lots of possibilities. Some people, evangelists love to do that. The joy that was before Jesus was that he could see you. And if there was nobody else, it would just be you. And usually they spit into the microphone when they say that. They would just be you. Right? But we don't actually know. But what we do know is that Jesus could see something long-term, eternal, and it drove him through hardship and trouble. Paul, Paul writes uh, in 2 Corinthians 4. We won't, we won't go there, but it, he talks about some of the challenges that the early church was having uh, with some of the persecution that they were facing. And he, he makes this statement which frankly if I'd got this letter I would have been a bit upset he says to them that what you're experiencing at the moment is light and momentary troubles hang on a minute my, my, my cousin just got burned at the, at the stake or somebody's just been captured and taken into prison and he says they're light and momentary troubles because they're, they're in the day right now because he's saying I want you to have an eternal perspective looking for those things we can get so focused on temporary success, it's easy to forget eternity. Okay, we're getting a bit serious, so let's get a bit lighthearted for a minute, just to relax you. What's success? Well, I reckon that when you're born, success is being alive. At age three, success is not peeing your pants. At age five, success is having friends. At age 17, success is having a driver's license. At 20, success is having money. At 50, success is having money. At 70, success is having your driver's license. <laughs> At 80, success is having friends. At 90, success is not peeing your pants. <laughs> and at 100, success is being alive. <laughs> Surely there's more to life than this. Some of you would be familiar with the uh, American evangelist Francis Chan, who very famously got a piece of rope. A bit like this. Luke, can you just grab that? Just yeah, hold on there. Just going to keep going around there. I'm just going to lasso. Just keep passing there. I'm going to have microphone problems if I keep going. Just keep going. Yeah, just pass it over there. That's good. Just pass it around here. They'll run out at some stage, maybe, maybe not. That's good. Thank you very much, Toby. Toby, Toby, medium-sized Toby. That's good. Yep. Don't don't kill anybody, please. Just don't. No, not small Toby. No, thank you very much. Sorry, Liesl. Sorry. Just just flick that over so it's not going to hit anybody. All right. Okay. Here we go, guys. Now, watch. Can you see this little bit here? The green and gold. So that's a little bit of Australia. Um. He, he says, our life is an eternal life, and it's like the the sense of this whole rope is our long-term eternal existence but we focus totally on this little bit here which is our life on earth and he says here we are we oh i just want to get married or oh, here we are i just want to have a family have a house or i want to i want to save lots and lots of money along here so that finally when i get to here i can spend some money and go on a cruise and i'll be happy and he says we 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 have an opportunity to invest this part of our life into this part of our life. So let's make the focus in with an eternal perspective and therein, I believe, we find some joy. 
All right, just, they can just stay down there for a sec. How can I apply it? Well, Father, right now, remind me of heaven. Let my attitude be like Jesus, who was a servant and invested in this life so that we can have an eternal life. Help me to lift my eyes off the present and have a perspective that sees the present in the context of eternity. This morning, Shiji and I showed some pictures of some young people who had really given their lives to serve. Uh, they are my heroes. They are absolutely my heroes. They ha- totally have an eternal perspective. Father, these things that I silently mention now, these things that I face and that I struggle with, will you help me to measure them up in the context of my eternal life and to weigh them up and value them in accordance with eternity, I ask in your precious name. Hey, let's have a look at another passage. I might not have time for three or we'll go real fast. Have we got to the five-minute mark yet? Not even close. Not even close. Not even, we're doing okay? All right. Thanks for that encouragement, right? <laughs> that was good. You did good this morning, by the way, but yeah, gone, gone a bit downhill. No, that's <laughs> okay, let's have a look at another passage, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Uh, if that rope's in the way and it's going to be distracting for you, just kick it onto the floor, but don't trip over it later. Galatians 5, 22, uh, who a couple of people said it was a fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Is love and joy and peace and all sorts of other things that I can never remember because there's all, you know, I didn't go to children's ministry enough as a child or didn't pay attention in school what are they spirit fruit of the spirit fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace and all those other things that it is what's the context of this passage actually starts with a but but the fruit of the spirit and if you read before the the verses before that are actually paul saying don't do that don't do that don't do that that is stupid that is bad that is immoral that's going to cause you grief all those sorts of things that uh kerry pierce was talking about this morning he says those are all the wrong ways to live. But you need to understand, Paul doesn't say, this is the way you should live, you should live lovely, you should live joyful. He, he's gone to another plane. He says, that, that's the bad way to live. There's another dimension to live that is a supernatural dimension, that is a spiritual dimension. These things are not just good behaviours. This thing is the dynamic of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is the natural consequence of us yielding our lives and being being filled on a day-by-day basis with His Spirit. It's kind of like going from here to kind of up here somewhere and saying, God, I don't just want little nibbles. I actually want something amazing from His Spirit that will transform my life. And because it's transforming my life it will transform the lives of those around me so the context is actually something to say not just don't do the bad stuff and do the good stuff but God take me to another level fill me afresh and transform my life so that my perspective becomes onto you and not about the challenges that I face so one of them is joy so not only is it this tangible eternal benefit it's actually a strategy that God has for each of you to help you to be able to supernaturally bring about his spirit into your place into your home into your workplace into your university into your school wherever you are tomorrow that joy can work through into that place but I love what it says as it goes on to that passage all the different things that are the fruit of the spirit and then it says against such things there is no law like Jesus says oh well if you want me to go one while I'm going to go with you too you can't make me not go too I just like 
oh, if you're going to sue me for your, my shirt, I'm going to give you my jacket as well. well you can't legislate it. You can't, give, you can't say, you shall not give your jacket. You cannot stop me being generous. You cannot stop me forgiving you if you do something wrong to me. You cannot stop all those things that are coming out of the fruit of the Spirit. There's no law against them. You can't. It is supernatural realm. And it's a fun, fun, fun place to live. But it's transformative. Let me tell you, you can beat me up. You can take my stuff. You can threaten my wife and kid. You can smash me around. I won't be happy. I might even be a bit angry. I might be sad. But I will not lose my joy because my joy is a gift to me from the Holy Spirit as regardless of my circumstance because it comes out of my relationship with him, not because of my status, not because of my behavior, not because I deserve it. I can tell you that for sure. It comes out of his free gift of grace. And that's the space we want to live in. Amen. Amen. So, boy, I'll turn the other cheek. Sue me as much as you like and I will go further than you will ask for. Nyah, nyah, nyah. Does it relate to me today? You bet. One of my favourite books to read. No, actually, that's not true. I hate reading this book. A book called um, Heavenly, Heavenly Man, I think it's called. Uh, it was written by a guy called Brother Yun, is his kind of nickname. He's a church planter in China. He's been in jail more times than you could possibly imagine. He's been beaten more times than you can imagine. He's been close to death. He's been starved. He's been all sorts of torture. He just keeps serving Jesus and doing the stuff. Because he's so full of God's spirit that you can take my stuff. You can't take away my joy. Amen. Amen. Another book that really inspires me, it's been around for a while now, um, was written by a woman by the name of Elliot, uh, not Elliot, um, Elizabeth Elliot. Her husband um, was, was martyred. It was amongst five missionaries and, and they set off on this mission trip and they were killed by an indigenous tribe in eastern Ecuador that they were trying to save. And um, Jim Elliot, uh, his, his journal contained these words penned not long before his death. He is no fool to give what he cannot keep to buy what he cannot lose. For those guys, they just it wasn't about the here and now. They had this eternal perspective that caused them and motivated them to serve. Yeah, he is no fool who would... Give what he cannot keep to buy what he cannot lose. Have I got that right? Let me. He is no fool to give up what he cannot keep to buy what he cannot lose. In other words, you think about that from a natural perspective. We, we spend all our time accumulating dollars, for example, but actually we can't hang on to those. They're going to go. The stuff we really need to accumulate is the stuff that's going to last forever. Amen. Got time for one more passage? Well, we're supposed to do some prayer and impartation. Um, we'll come back to that a little bit at the end. Uh, yeah, I think I've done all that. Sorry. Just talk amongst yourselves for a minute. Okay, James. James is hard. Some people didn't even want James to be in the Bible because he kind of socks it to you. And James doesn't even wait like until it gets to chapter 2 or chapter 3. He goes right to it from the very, very first go. And what he says really sucks. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can handle that, but that's nice. To the 12 tribes scattered amongst the nations. That's all right. I can handle that. Greetings. That's really good. Really nice to talk to you too, James. Trials and temptations. Thank you. 
Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Consider, consider it pure joy. Okay, I just want you to stop. If we think nothing else tonight, I know I've gone on for a long time, but I want you to think about things that you're facing that are difficult. The stuff that causes you some, some stress and some, some anxiety, the, the, the challenges that you face, and we all have them. I just want you to identify those. I don't want you to call them out. I just want you to identify them in your head. I want you to bring them out of your back of your conscience and bring them into your front of your conscience. We're not going to make gods out of them. We just want to identify them tonight. Right? We've, all, we've all got them. The, the things that, mm, God, that's a problem. It's a test, it's a trial, it's a temptation or whatever it is. And then James has the audacity to write, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Well, this, this was a letter that was written to the Jewish Christians who had, had left Jerusalem after Saul started doing murderous threats and after Stephen the deacon had been, had been um, stoned in Acts 6, 7. Um, this persecution was, was really tough. Consider it pure joy. Count it all joy. You know, so, so joy is not only this tangible eternal benefit that helps us press through Joy is not only this fullness of life in the spirit that helps us to just transcend our daily humdrum life, but joy is a comfort for when things are really, really hard. It's a blanket that gets you through the cold, a life jacket in the storms of life. It's a light in the darkness. It's a path to see you through while all the time you're growing in strength, knowing that you are getting stronger, not weaker. So does it relate to you today? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think again about that thing that I asked you to think about. Bring it to the front of your mind. And then I want you to name it. Now, careful, don't anybody call anything out yet. I want you to name it like James says to name it. What does he say to count it? Joy. So that thing that's bothering you, that work colleague or that person in church or, or whatever it is, that thing that's hassling you, start reverting it around in your thinking. So you know what? instead of focusing on that, you're focusing on joy. God, you're going to do something in my life that's going to transform me, that's actually going to strengthen me. You're going to build my perseverance. You're going to help me to grow up into the person you want me to be. That's a mature person, not old and... F I almost said something naughty. I was going to say old fart, but I won't say that. I did say that. Somebody who, who is mature, who can bless others and strengthen others and transform others' lives. So I want you to do this. I want you to stand up with me. And I want you to name this thing joy. In other words, I want you to be thinking about this, but the word I want you to spit out is joy. I'm going to say maybe, tonight, God, I'm going to call that thing joy. I'm going to see that differently to how I saw it before. I'm not going to see it as a problem that I need to address. I'm going to see it as an opportunity for your life to transform and so that perseverance grows and that I will grow up in you. So tonight, God, I call that thing joy. Can you do that with me? Yeah. You, in your, whatever your words you like. 
But basically what you're, you're naming it, this sounds like I'm naming and claiming, but actually we are. We are naming and claiming that thing that we saw as a negative, we're going to call it joy. We're going to call it joy tonight. All right, so you with me? So, Father, whatever's in our mind today, we name it. And we name it, one thing, we're going to count it joy. Okay, okay, going to do this with me again. We're going to, these things that are in our mind, Father, tonight, I just ask that you're going to help us. Because tonight we're going to count them as joy. And Father, we're going to proclaim your goodness and your grace. And we recognize that sometimes these trials and temptations, these things that hassle us, they do hassle us, but they're part of your strategy, part of your plan to help us grow perseverance and to help us to mature in yourself. So Father, tonight we, 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 we ask for your forgiveness for us focusing in on those things all the time and somehow shaping our lives around that when actually you want us to shape our lives around the fact that we've been gifted this amazing thing called joy. And that your plan and purpose is that we live out of that. So that it does give us an eternal perspective. It does give us comfort in tough times. And it also gives us a supernatural way in which we can communicate, not only with you, but with a hurting and needy world around us. So Father, tonight we lift our voice and we call it by that one name and we call it joy. Amen.